I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Glovers Cast on Three Valleys Radio with me, Ian Perkins. And this morning, today, whatever day you're listening to this episode, I'm joined by Mr. Ben Barrett and Mr. David Coates. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi, Taps. How are we? It's got to be a morning recording this, hasn't it? Because I'm here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you want to? Did you want to? Do you want to set the record straight? I know the first thing you often like to do on the podcast is, you know, correct anything that may have been said previously. <laughs> because I'm such a dedicated <laughs> listener, and I listened to the last one. Yeah. So I, I would always offer my services to the Glovers Cast, and I'm more than happy to come on at any point. But I was under the impression that I was a Sunday only guest. But uh, if anybody wants me to come back in, in in midweek, you know, start one of those petitions on change.com or something, send it to Ian Perkins's garage somewhere in Somerset. <laughs> and go. I'm there. There we go. Ben, um, I think we need to do a bit of bit of a conversation about the poll that we put out after the podcast on Friday as do. well. Don't think we do. The, the, dis- Don't think we do. The, dis- <laughs> the disdain with which you held my answer to on Friday in that I chose Red Sauce. Um, I feel vindicated by the listeners and supporters of Tomato Ketchup and the Glovers cast in that, you know, the poll very much went the way I thought it would with, you know, a resounding win. There was no... Sizzling like bacon in the background, can't you? <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no Brexit debate here about this. It wasn't, it wasn't a close call. If anything, you need to watch out for the no sauces rather than the ketchup. I will agree with you there. No sauces. How dry are you going, you guys? How do you eat I, that? I did like the comment from, uh, was it Gandamonium? The uh, the Sutton United, <laughs> yes. who just said, "Why isn't the answer more bacon?" I, I was all for that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, also, Hugh Hughes replied that you know the YouGov survey, which I did send you both on WhatsApp, 
that revealed that um, older northern people like brown sauce. It's used that way. So there we go, Ben. No comment. Move on. <laughs> I would have gone for ketchup as it was. So there we go. Well, you're, you're in the majority, Dave. So well done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, it's been nice being on the Glovers cast. Thanks for having me over. And over again. Sorry it's had to end like this. Um, what a shame for us to, to finish like this, for this to be the bit that crumbles the team apart. I hope you two carry on without me in the near future. Um, but yeah. This, this might be the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> it's nothing like a sore loser, is there? Pick um, those toys up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you handle being a Yeovil Town fan, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> With plenty of brown sauce. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, the, let's talk about the football. Um, a resounding defeat yesterday at the hands of... Um, Oh, who did we play? I've already blanked out from my mind. Solihull Moors. Solihull Moors. Um, What do we say about this game? I think, again, the overall context of this entire situation is that less than a month ago, this team lost their captain and their leader in the dressing room. And no matter what is said anywhere across social media and the... You know, some of the things that have been said are just unbelievable, really. Um, is it any wonder that these players are mentally shot, as the manager put yesterday? And also, Jerry Gill on commentary on BBC said the same that the players look mentally drained. Like, <laughs> the result doesn't matter anymore, I think, is, yeah. is what I'm trying to get at. What, what, what do you say, Ben? What, what did you think about some of the reactions we saw yesterday? 2-1 or 5-1 is is irregardless. Doesn't does not matter. Does not matter. The score in the top left hand corner on the screen of your streams or or as you're looking back on it, the, the actual numbers don't matter in any way, shape, or form. Even if we weren't having to deal with an, uh, a situation that is completely unprecedented and and alien to just about everyone involved. Looking at the table and the way that the football um pyramid is set up, no one's going down. We aren't going to make the playoffs. The result didn't matter. Nobody wants to go losing a game of football. Certainly nobody with any kind of professionalism wants to lose a game of football 5-1. But we've talked about it time and time again. There is a context to Yeovil Town between now and the end of the season. A context that you cannot just brush over. A context that you can't, that you don't want to use as almost an excuse but a context that matters, a context that should be involved. I cannot, I cannot fathom, I cannot put into words, I cannot explain just how difficult it must have been to be out on the pitch last week against Boreham Wood. And then to put in a performance like they did. I imagine they all ran further, faster, for longer. They all gave so much more, almost subconsciously. Because of the situation, because of that desire, that need. I mean, it's like anyone. If you run a marathon for the first time, I imagine you're absolutely, you're shot for days and days and days afterwards. But then to be asked to go and do it again in a completely different situation, away from home, in a different, a different context, 
the 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 come down of that second time around must have been so so hard to try and reach those emotional physical peaks that they had to get to to get out onto the pitch at Boreham Wood, just to get on the pitch at Bore against Boreham Wood, to reach those kind of peaks or to try and reach those kind of peaks, there was always going to be a difficult second outing. Um, Solly Hall, to their credit, they they did what they had to do. Credit to them, they they. They are within every right to to put the pedal to the metal and, and put five past us. They didn't have to stop at two or three and, and then just kind of take it easy. And the lad, uh, Danawa, every credit to him. He's got to get his hat trick. Fair play. You can't take that away from him. Um, so whilst it's okay to be disappointed, it's okay to be frustrated. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, another, it's another step on the road. It's another set of firsts ticked off we've we've mentioned it i've seen a couple of people mention on social it's the first time it's away it's the first time we've lost it's the first time we've had a thrashing it's the first time that we've had that sort of reaction where the goals are actual sort of preventable because they're set pieces and stuff like that so there are things that you can learn and things that you can work on but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's another win it's another win it's another step on that road to something like normality this is with us for a long long time and it is going to take some serious effort to get over and get going, really, I think. Um, what about you, Dave? Yeah, I think if we were talking about this last weekend, if we'd have had this result against Boreham Wood, I think everybody would have reacted very differently, wouldn't they? But I think mm-hmm. part of it is because there's been another week in between the, you know, the, I don't want to say euphoria, but the uh, togetherness that uh, I think, Certainly, last time we were on, I was on this podcast uh, last Sunday morning. Then everybody felt uh, a, a, bit, a bit more like that. And then, if we'd have had the performance that we put in against Boreham Wood today, again, we would have, um, I think, we would have approached it very differently. But actually, we wouldn't have been in, a, we would have been in exactly the same position. Uh, I, I agree with what Ben says there. They would have put everything into last um, the, the game against Boreham Wood, and that would have. Uh, drained them and remember before that we hadn't played for nearly a month before that as well so there, there would have been a bit of uh, rustiness and I know the manager didn't give him that excuse in his post-match he said something about can't be physically fatigued but we can be mentally fatigued and I would agree that you know the mental fatigue is going to be a huge part of that but uh, I, I would also say that us not being able to defend set pieces, which I know we'll get into, is not a new thing for um, for us this season. You know, long long before the past month or so, we've not been very good at defending set pieces, and that still seems to be the case. Now, there's lots of other factors at play here, uh, and one that I would just repeat what Ben said. Soliol, I thought, did very well, uh, and they were there, and they are a good side. I mean, I think they got after yesterday. I think they got the second best home record in um, in the division after Hartlepool. So they're a good side as well. And yes, we don't like getting uh, spanked five one, but I think with in the context of everything, the whole situation with Lee Collins, where we are in the in the season, the fact that we don't we're, we're not going to make the playoffs, the fact we're not going to get relegated. Yeah, the, res- the result doesn't matter. But I think when you listen to the manager talk after the game and you listen to Michael Kelly talk after the game, I think the performance matters to them. And uh, Michael Kelly was asked about, they were both asked about the Collins situation and whether that had an effect. I think Michael Collins, um, Michael Collins, he's a boxer, isn't he? Michael Kelly uh, said um, uh, that, you know, we need to do things 
uh, talking again about Lee Collins. We need to do things about that would make our captain proud to have the standards that he set. So I think we, um, I think there's a there, there's a lot to to go at. I think it'll be a very different game uh, next Tuesday, but I'm sure we'll get on to that. Um, I just finished by saying I love the lad Donawa from Ben there. That was uh, that was proper 1990s uh, commentary there. <laughs> Yeah, the boy Donovan. I don't know how I should put it. Yeah, um, Solihull, Solihull are a good side. It, only yeah. when they brought on Adam Rooney, because I kind of think, crikey, Adam Rooney doesn't make the starting yeah. lineup for this lot. Yeah. Crikey, I, you give your left arm to have Adam Rooney at this level. Um, so yeah, they clearly are a decent, decent side. The extra thing we have to note as well is that we had to make a, another, another mid-match change at the back. Wilkinson came off with the other calf being a problem. That, again, can't help either, can it? I mean, it's just, it's one thing after another, isn't it? Yeah, Wilco, it's, we've, we've not been able to get our, you know, our first choice centre-backs out all season, really, have we? Um, no. And it's, you know, it's probably why we are where we are, to a certain respect. Um, Wilco's been a big loss for us and if you you know if you set up all week with a plan uh, and I guess you know Billy Sass Davis was his partner last week as well wasn't he um I don't, I don't know I I just feel like everything that's going on at the moment my personal view is we're we're just there to get through to the end of the season now um and like we've said before just get on the pitch get through the games uh, and you know, complete the season properly. Um, That's not what the manager says, though, is it? And and I know none of us have got an insight into the uh, into the dressing room, and we don't know what's really being said and what's been. But you listen to what the manager said after the game, and he said it before about not letting seasons peter out. I, I, I just don't think some of the characters we've got in that dressing room would would allow it to just get through the games and just be a. Um, procession uh, i think all the factors that we've mentioned play a massive role in what happened yesterday but uh but i do think we've got it within our squad and our management team to you know to to, to finish the season strongly when you look at what he said you know he said about some of the the younger players didn't he yesterday yeah that you know they need to um you know their characters and, and just that Personality, their yeah. personality and having to get through this situation and and you know the reality is our squad is a younger squad now it's yeah. not it's not the the um you know the group of experienced players that we had last year and maybe that's just the way that you know those players are feeling at the moment i don't know i don't know obviously we're not we're not there no. on, on the you know in the dressing room or flies on the wall as such but what did you think of the manager's comments it wasn't so much as a, a throwing under the bus as a mm. i don't know really i i was a bit it, it did catch me off comfortable didn't it yeah it didn't it didn't seem you know with everything that has happened it it did feel a, maybe a little bit too soon to be taking that sort of you know taking that out in public really I don't know. I, it, maybe it's the whole sleep on it rule. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. I didn't. I didn't feel like that when I was listening to it. If truth be told, I think it felt like a manager who was trying to be honest with some of the younger players and sort of 
looking around and almost a bit of a rally cry for some of his more experienced players to do to do a little bit of leading. He name-checked Michael Kelly and Reese Murphy as, as leaders on the pitch, which I thought was interesting. And Michael Kelly was actually the one put up for the media. And I do wonder if that is a bit of a bit of man management to say, right, Michael Kelly, if you want to come in here and start being a leader, I think we might be, I think this is the clearest indication yet that we are looking at Michael Kelly as a longer term option beyond his current loan spell. Um, I think it was, I think I felt like the squad looked thin yesterday. We only really had Warburton not in the, in the squad and Sanupe who could really come in. And I'm not sure what the injury status is on Sanupe and there was no Matty Warburton. But I looked at the bench and I just kind of felt like, OK, how, how are we going to mix this up? We had three out-and-out attack-minded players in Dagnall, Quigley and Neufville, and then two very, very defensive players. There was no sort of middle ground. And I think our midfield looks a little tiny bit thin at the moment. Um, good to have options, good to have the ability to have Skendy move around or, or Matty Worthington move, move around. But we are lacking a bit of a a plan B in midfield, aren't we? Um, I think we kind of tried a bit of a plan B by having Neufeld start from the bench and it didn't really kind of get going, did it? No. And, uh, yeah, you look at a couple of the players, and I, I know we haven't got a huge squad anyway, but, uh, you know, Diaz, Bradley, I think, is probably a player that we've uh, we've, we've, we've missed a bit. I, I, I like him going forward as well as uh, his defensive qualities as well. Um Diath, obviously, as we know, with his injury situation. I mean, Charlie Lee came off the bench, didn't he, towards the end there? I think he made a comment, the manager, about a 34-year-old coming on to win a header. Um, and I think, yeah, there is a lot. Like I say, he's talking straight after the game. He's obviously is a sort of way heart and sleeve kind of guy, Darren Sol, and he will have been frustrated by that, um, as I think... You know, a lot of the players would have been frustrated by that as well. Uh, I, I did agree with Ian. I, I, I don't. I don't think I felt it when I listened to it the first time, but I did listen to his com his comments back a second time this morning, and it did feel a little bit uncomfortable. But when he was saying about you know they're learning on our watch and that's not good enough, um, you know that did feel mm, yeah, a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit um, bit bit too soon. But you also wonder whether he's thinking. We've got to we've got to move on to the next stage. And Michael Kelly did talk about we're professionals and we've got to go out there and we've got to do our job. So the squad's going to be thinking that they've got to get past this. You know, obviously, it's a they said yesterday. There's a it's a process and it's not something that's going to disappear overnight. The way we feel about everything that happened with Lee Collins, but um, you feel like he's trying to move them on and say, right, we've got to we've got to get past it and. You know, hopefully there is a reaction on, on Tuesday. I mean, it's cliche, isn't it? But we've got an opportunity to bounce straight back again. We do. Um, yeah, I, th I think, I guess the main thing they'll be working on is uh, set pieces. Because <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know those, those were bad goals to concede at any level, really, aren't they? And and I think he, he did say, you know, set defending your boxes, getting it right in both boxes uh, is the most important thing as a footballer. Um, you you watched the game, Dave. Those mm. goals, those were head in hands, defending yeah. Yeah. moments, weren't they? When when that that first their first one, I thought was probably the worst one. The lad Donawa, 
you know, <laughs> left, left completely on his own. And he's not a tall guy, is he? Left completely on his own. Uh, and I posed the head in. I, you just thought, oh, God, yeah, no, that is that is all. And uh, Adam Smith made a couple of good saves. Could have been, it could have been more. I think they hit the woodwork three times as well. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody can have any doubts about the... Um, uh, about the result, but yeah, some of the some of the defending left a, an awful lot to be desired. I think if you've got problems with set pieces, though, they are they are very specific things that you can work on. It's not like it's a general play issue where actually you've got to tinker with tactics and tinker with this and tinker with that and change the way somebody plays the ball and 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 start talking about getting players to act in a different way. Set piece is a set piece. You've got more than enough um, uh, in amongst the squad to kind of organise things. And a change at the back won't have helped, um, especially when you lose someone so organisationally positioned like Luke Wilkinson. He comes in and is naturally the leader of the back four, him and Carl Dickinson. So when you lose that, there may have been just a little smidge of um, Hunt and Sass Davis going, oh, yeah, hang on, (laughs) me and you again now. Right, who's taking charge? Who's doing what? Who's looking after him? Who's looking after him? Two young players, two players learning, two players trying to get themselves going, two players who will have been affected by by all sorts of stuff recently. Um, so two players who I imagine probably worked quite closely with with Lee and with Luke um, in that in that sort of last couple of months since they both joined. So who knows what those two lads would have been feeling? And I'm not going to sit here and throw them under the bus. I'm not going to sit and throw anyone under the bus. I'm really, really not because. Fine, set pieces, we'll work on them. We'll work on yeah. them. We've, we've all done it at enough junior football levels. You stand here, you stand here, ball's going to come here, you jump and head there. You can bring it back to that level of basics. I'm, I'm not going to get angry. If we can see things from set pieces, that's fine because you can work on it. If we were getting torn to shreds, left, right and centre, and our players were just crumbling and folding under just immense pressure, and that's how the goals were being scored, fine. Fine, we can maybe have a little word, but set pieces, they're very specific points in time that you can you can train and you can go over from standing starts if you need to. So in a weird way, you kind of almost if you're gonna get thrashed five one, get thrashed five one with actual specific points that you can then work on. <laughs> There's a positive. Oh, there I is am, a glass half full. I am not I, I'm not sure I agree. No? <laughs> The best way to get thrashed five one. I I mean, you know, they we concede a lot from set pieces. Um, are we working on it? Because you know, if if we if we've already identified it as something that we're you know as a weakness, you know, by now surely, uh, by now surely it, there should be some sort of rigid way that you know even if it's switching from you know i don't know if were they zonally marking it looked like you know it looked like mate had all the space in the world they seem fairly well structured but they he was just left on his own in a zone are, are we zonally marking are we touch tight are i don't we... think we were marking at all no exactly, <laughs> in exactly. That case. and that's you know that's yeah. that's the question if, if if you're marking zonally and you know he's in michael kelly's zone but michael kelly you know you don't pick him up. You just got to clear it if it comes into your zone. If there's no one there, then, you know, that obviously isn't working. It, do you need to switch it? Um, I, I mean, I don't know if they were man marking or zonal marking or just not marking at all. But 
although you know we can say it's an easy thing to fix you know if you concede one of those in a game that in my view that's like that's pretty bad because you should be from the outset you should be switched on and prepared not to concede goals like that i i think i I think set pieces are you know (laughs) I, i don't want us to be torn apart but i think set pieces can be one of the simplest things to do and in you know i know the season's a bit weird but you know on our 33rd game of the season we should probably have set pieces ironed out by now even when you've played 33 games and had 34 different defensive partnerships and a, a, a hodgepodge of a back five that has never been settled the entire time if anything that surely is the one thing that's going to suffer when you haven't got that rigidity of a back four that's been anywhere near settled since day one can I be like Glover Gav and his half red sauce, half brown sauce sandwich <laughs> and say I agree with elements of what you both say? <laughs> because I do agree. I do. I do agree with Ben that, you know, that it is a, a good thing in inverted commas that um, that it is something that you can see being fixable on the training field. But as I alluded to earlier on, set pieces have been a problem that we've had all season for, for you know for, for for whatever reason um and i do agree that there needs to be more and and let's be honest we got terry skiverton on our coaching staff if there's someone who knows about defending set pieces and attacking set pieces it should be him shouldn't it he did it for an entire career fantastically well so uh, yeah that does that does that does worry me um and as darren sal said um, at the end of the game, having to bring on Charlie Lee uh, to win a header, <laughs> who's I know he's very good at headers, but uh, he, he's hardly, uh, you know, he's not a, a giant of a man, is he? And, uh, you know, 34, he's very young, obviously, but uh, he, um, <laughs> he uh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah in, in, in that heat as well. So, yeah. <sighs> I think there's 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 lots of there's lots of work to do between now and Tuesday, isn't it? I mean, to to move the conversation on, what do you what do you think about? Is it going to be a different? Because Solly Olmore's away. You look at their record, and I, I say look at their record because I'm looking at soccerstats.com at the moment. They they got the seventeenth best uh, away uh, record as opposed to the second best home record. So do we think we're going to have a different? Uh, a well, different game on Tuesday. Well, the manager said, you know, he said, how can he look at the Play players the who players. were on, on the bench and say, you know, I'm not going to change the team. So I guess we're going to mm-hmm. see a different team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, then hang on then. Hang on then. Let's, let's, let's pick the team. He's, he's made those suggestions. Who's, who's he changing then? Come on then, let's do it. So Smith and goal. Back four has kind of picks itself, doesn't it? Dickinson one side, Kelly the other, Hunt and Sass Davis. Unless, unless, unless Wilco's back, unless Wilco's not as bad as we thought, or unless Bradley's back in. But assuming mm. they're both unavailable, um, that's the back four. It picks itself. So the midfield then, Charlie Lee gets to start over Smith. Well, yeah, I think I he probably will. Yeah. So who are your other two? Neufeld gets back in the starting lineup, does he? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we got to play Neufeld and 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 Knowles. And Knowles. So. So who's at who's at the the peak of the diamond, Skendy or Worthington? Because we're not making a lot of changes here. (laughs) Well, we haven't got a lot of changes to make, have we? I guess. I'm going to say so. I don't understand. Like, oh, oh, we're going to have to make a few changes. Well, who have you got? Dagnall and Quigley going to start up front instead of Reed and uh, Murphy? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he has done that, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see at least one of those front two drop out um, after after yesterday. I mean, to be fair, I thought Reese obviously did well to you know to get his goal. It was typical Reese Murphy poacher, wasn't it? Um, didn't think he did a huge amount other than that in the in, in the game. I mean, and 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 Ruben Reed uh, had his good touches and his good flick ons and his uh, you know his good um, positional play, but again, didn't really look a a, a threat on goal. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of those dropped out as well. So you could see two or three changes um, in that. But yeah, if, unless we get Bradley back, unless we get, you know, Diaz has made some Lazarus star recovery, then um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't got a lot of options. You're right. Yeah. I think so, that's where the change, you know, that's where the changes that we want are in midfield really, aren't we? Because we bypass the midfield all the time. And obviously the midfield didn't, well... You know, the goals we looked a lot we... better when Neufeld came on. I thought we looked more more of a, of, a, of a threat, as you would imagine we would do with a player like him on the pitch, because he's going to get the ball and he's going to run with it. He did run into dead ends a bit, but um, you know that's the nature of a player like him, isn't it? But um, yeah. So does, I, I... so does Warburton come back in then? Where is he? <laughs> don't know. Where, yeah, where is Warburton? We don't know. Warburton do we? And Sanupe. I don't know where those two are, but those are the other two midfield options that we have in the yeah. squad somewhere. I I, I mean. If those are the options, I, I I don't know what else what else we have. I, I don't see where mass changes are going to come. I do wonder if Joe Quigley might be might yeah. be someone that gets a little look for the last couple of games. Of course, pretty much the entire front four is out of contract, isn't it? Aren't they? Murphy, Reed, Bagnall, Quigley—they're all out of contract. Yeah, they'll all be wanting opportunities over this um, over this back end, back nine or ten games or whatever it is. And it was something that the manager alluded to. You know, when when an opportunity arises. I've got to, I've, I've got to give these guys chances. I've got to give people opportunities. So I wonder if we might see, might see Joe Quigley or, or Dagnall to kind of start staking their claim for either a new deal or whatever it may be. But I don't, I don't know where defensively or in midfield we can... we're going to be able to make mass changes. No, I wonder if he's, you know, whether the manager's made a rod for his own back by saying that, really, because you know, damned if he does. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He hasn't got a great deal. Unless he, you know, unless he, unless he brings Gabby Rogers out of, you know, mothballs, who knows? Or the most informed striker at the club, Alfie, <laughs> Alfie Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. Why not? Why not? We give him a go. We, we, we've all agreed that nothing's gonna go. I'm not saying chuck him in from the start, but put him on the bench, give him the second half. I don't. Yeah. I, I absolutely see that that's a sensible thing to do. He is informed, and you know. Confidence plays a big part with them, um, particularly with strikers, don't they? So, why not stick him on uh, yeah. at half time, see what happens? No argument from me. No, me neither. Me neither. We talked about it last week, didn't we? Those sort of thoughts and processes are going to have to start happening between now and the end of the season. Who have we got? What, what are we looking at? You know, who have we got in the under 18s? We've got a couple, haven't we, that are sort of on pro contracts. Yeah. Okay, let's let's see if they're involved. Alex John, where's Alex John? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean the last time he lost a hole, wasn't he? Well, that was last year. Yeah, the last time, the last time I think I saw he, he played a friendly. I think it was against Bournemouth under twenty threes in pre season, and I think he went off. I don't know. I think he went off injured, and I don't. Didn't so didn't he get sent off? Did someone get sent off in a friendly game? Was that Alex John? I can't remember. I can't remember, but I, th- I feel like it, he did something. Uh, he either got injured, and then we we haven't seen him 
since really, which is really weird for a player who was, you know, sent mm. on loan up the league and yeah. training with, um, you know, better quality players. You'd have thought there'd be a space for him this season, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know if he's even been playing under 23. We don't have under 23, so we've only got under 18s. He probably isn't eligible for that. No. I don't know. Um, I want. I've got written down. Reese Murphy took his goal. Lovely again. Typical of um, you know, typical of what he is. Um, a great striker, and the linesman flagged offside, which was quite rightly overruled after all that ricocheting in the box. It was a bit of a flashback to the Kings Lynn game, wasn't it? When, um, <laughs> the, their goal that they scored at the start of the season, which mm. I think came off one of our players, and you know, didn't go our way that time. Feels like a very long time ago, that doesn't it? It does, yeah. So at that yeah. point, Murphy scores. We're one all, and I think we were all quite optimistic at that point, I guess. Um, but I want to ask you guys: Do you think we can keep him? So whoever wants to jump That's in it. first. Do I think we will, or do I want us to? No. Do you think we will keep him? Unfortunately, they've got two different answers. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I no, I don't think we will. I, I think he's got he's got what thirteen was that thirteen goals yesterday in in a in a in a struggling side. Uh, you know he's proven that he can do it this level. I think he absolutely deserves a chance at, uh, at a higher level. I think you said it a few weeks ago. My the only thing that gives me any slight ray of hope that he might stay on is his relationship with Darren Sahl and that, you know, let's give it one more go uh, next season. Give me one more year, um, get signed a one-year contract, give us one more year. And if not, then you can you can do the same thing again. But I, I wouldn't begrudge him a move. As long as it's an upward move, uh, yeah. you know, into the Football League, I wouldn't begrudge him that at all. And we, I don't think anybody could complain about that. Say uh, Chesterfield or Stockport don't go up this season. <sighs> Yeah, and they throw that, a load of money at him. Are you going to begrudge? begrudge I would begrudge him that. Yeah, <laughs> I would begrudge him that. Yeah, because <laughs> he, you know, he's he's thirty years old now. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Ben, give me your give me yep. your take. Again, I I actually I I agree almost entirely with 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 Dave. I, I he deserves a crack at the football league. I'm just looking at his stats now. He's not had since he was at Dagenham in thirteen fourteen, where he scored thirteen goals in thirty two games. He's not scored double figures in a football league season, one or two, either with Oldham, Crawley, uh, Wimbledon, Crawley again, or Gillingham. And some of the some of the spells were quite short at Wimbledon. He was seven games, one goal. Oldham, 13 games, three goals. He's never had a proper, proper big crack at a football league for a proper stint. At Dagenham 2013-14, he went 13, 13 goals in 32 games. Next season, one in nine. And then he was moved on to Oldham and it kind of, he never really got a big crack at it. If someone in the football league comes in and says, I need you to lead my line for the next two years, I cannot, I cannot begrudge him that. I cannot, you, you can't not give him it. It may have been, may have been last summer where they kind of said, okay, we're going to have a real go at getting up this year and I need you to lead the line. I would, I would love it for him to sign a new contract, but to have a release clause in there that says, if someone comes in and can earn the club a bit of money, I will be. It's going to be tough to see him go for free. Um, so that's I would I would love a loyalty contract signing, 
where he says, I'm going to leave, but actually I'd rather get the club 100 grand for doing so. <laughs> so I'll sign another year <laughs> and then ask for a transfer or something just to get a few quid for our most valuable striker that we've had since Phil Jevons. Um, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But 30 goals in two seasons and counting, and we haven't got anything to show for it in the way of a promotion or an FA Trophy win or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think his future, like you say, he's 30 years old. What's he got? Four or five years left at the very, very peak of his of his ability. Um, so, yeah, a couple of years in League One or League Two might be exactly, if he doesn't do it now, he might never get the chance. I can hear Bradley Little's heart breaking. Yeah. Well, my, well, mine will. Mine will. Because <laughs> yeah. what because of what Reese Murphy has done as part of that cohort that came in at the start of last yeah, season yeah. to reinvigorate thousands of supporters, which when you're Yeovil Town is a fair old chunk of a percentage. Um, yeah, so that 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 will be tough. That will be tough. Um, understandable, but but tough. And if if we're in a position to try and make it happen that he stays, imagine that feeling if we can mm. release that statement that says he signed for two more years. That would be lovely. That wouldn't that just be the biggest, biggest positive that we've had, maybe all season long. Um, and don't get me wrong, when we hear things, we'll hopefully hear that Matty Worthington signed a new deal, that um, uh, Adam Smith, Michael Kelly are joining permanently, where likes of Smith and, and Charlie Lee or Joe Quigley and, and these players are, are staying with us or that we're going to get a new signing or Josh Staunton's going to renew his deal or whatever it may be. Those will feel like good moments and real positive moments, but a Reese Murphy contract signing would be the would be the pinnacle. I don't think we're going to get it. Yeah, I would say don't fall in love with footballers. You're, no. <laughs> you're going to get burned. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Can I just uh, yeah, say for the most our uh, most valuable striker since Phil Jevons? What about Paddy? Paddy was only with us for a short period of time. Still valuable for the performances oh. that you put in, surely. Yeah, two hundred and fifty grand. Don't thought paid for the privilege. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, but if you had, if we had Reese Murphy for another year, I'd want two hundred and fifty grand for him. Yeah, definitely the lad Murphy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the boy Murph dog. The boy Murphy. <laughs> two hundred and fifty grand for a thirty-two year old. Is that good? <laughs> Is that good? And the cash and the cash. Stockport are chucking about the cash. I was going to say about Stockport or Chesterfield would pay that, wouldn't they? Do you know what? If Stockport wants want to pay two hundred and fifty grand to put Madden and Murphy together, I'll just cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, who knows? They may pay that money may go directly oh, to Reese Murphy rather than the football club. You know, it's one of these. You know, we know how foot, we know how football works. Signing on fees and all of that. You know that oh, money. Those who play up front next next year together. Oh, we'll start a Stockport be hard. podcast. Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to drop in about yesterday before we go on to some questions? Even though we've only had a couple, but um, no, no, let's move on from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Move on as, <laughs> as as the as the players will, as yeah. Michael Kelly suggested. That was always going to happen. We, we were going to get a thrashing at one point or another. We were throughout this rest of the season. We were going to get a thrashing happened yesterday get it out of the way get it moved on and then start to move on again tick some more boxes get back to a home game get back to Hewish Park under the lights on Tuesday I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus I'm just going to crack on 
Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I'll throw the first question. It's quite a broad one. Could take us on on uh, off on a lot of tangents. Um, Chris Hope on Twitter. What needs to change for us to get promoted? And you cannot say everything. <laughs> Everyone else leaves. I don't think it needs what this season or in general. No, is not that this, for? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get promoted right. this season, are we? I'm going to say I was starting to go through the Bournemouth fixture list. <laughs> I think again. next. Oh, I can't remember this. Next year, you know, let's let's pick. I don't know. Pick three top line things that you think we can change okay. next season. Okay, I've got you. one. I've got one. Okay. Def- defensive consistency. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to make an obvious top class pick of my back five or back four, whatever we're going to go with back three goalkeeper in defensive line for the entirety of next season. I want a permanent goalkeeper and a back four that I could have in stone for 30, 40 games next year. You want Chris Will, Roy O'Brien, Terry Skiverton, Colin Miles <laughs> and Anthony Tonkin, please. You've done Adam Lockwood a massive disservice, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, chop and change how you like. We can have them all. What's, let's just, what a back line we had. What a depth oh, and strength oh. then. Good Lord. Amazing. Um, yeah, amazing. And that will just depress us even more. Okay. <laughs> uh, we need two strikers that can get you well, 10 to 15 goals each, or you need one that can get you 20, 30 goals. No, maybe not 30 goals. 20, 20 plus goals and one that can get you. To, you, need a, you need a Madden and a Hater, don't you? You need a yeah. Jevons and a Tarajewski. Exactly, yeah. A Dagnall and a Quigley. Well, exactly, yeah. You, I mean, you look at our strikers, I don't see anyone other than Reese Murphy, we've obviously just discussed, um, that can get those kind of um, get those kind of goals. But saying that, I wouldn't have uh, known who Reese Murphy was before <laughs> before he signed, signed for us. I remember him having a brief loan spell up near me in Preston um, way back when. But uh, uh, other than that, I wouldn't really remember him. So there will be other Reese Murphys out there. There's a positive to chuck on. Do you not remember his goal in the Carling Cup for Arsenal against Tottenham? No, you're right. I don't. No. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're going to need it. If we look at the strikers that we've got left over, let's say Murphy does leave, we're going to need to improve there, aren't we? <laughs> I think we'll have none left over if Murphy goes. Because I, I, I mean... I think I'd like I would like Quigley to sign on. I think he's shown enough this season to mm-hmm. to get another contract, but I don't see the other two staying, to be honest with you. No. Um Okay. Do you want to combine? Do you want to have three combined or do you want I to would, do three have, each? Have you have you got one? Have you got one? I thought you were gonna have the third. Oh, I hadn't thought about it. Um I have I I, I have got another one. If, if if I'm allowed to chuck it in, I don't know if you yeah, want to yeah. tell me I'm rubbish. So I would like, I would like the spine of our side to be set early, like nowish, <laughs> before <laughs> but before preseason starts. I want to know my goalie, my two centre backs, the kind of how my middle of my midfield is going to look up, and my front line. Now that's a big ask. That is a big ask for any team, especially when there's going to be. Six, seven hundred players released from contracts in the Football League, quoting a Mr. I heard uh, Joey Barton of Bristol Rovers, lol, fame, uh, <laughs> talking about how there's going to be a mass turnover in the summer. Yeah. Um, and so that's a difficult ask. But I would like to go first day of preseason next season to have that spine set. And whether that's 
new players, whether that's the players existing and re-signing on. I would like to see that spine. I would love it, love it if we could. I was nearly Kevin Keegan then. I would love it if we can get Josh Staunton. I think we, I think yeah. we're all underestimating just how much of a big fuss and a big signing Josh Staunton was, and we simply haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. And I would like if we can get him set, get him fit back for the first day of preseason, and say, right, you are this spine type player, and you've got Wilkinson and Hunt. Well, you've got um, Charlie Lee sorted, Worthington sorted, Staunton sorted, Skendy sorted, and Reese Murphy sorted, and Adam Smith in goal. That's a spine then that you can go and get a Neufill out on loan. You can go and get Tom Knowles to have his flair on the side. You can add right backs, left backs, and other bits of players. But to have that spine set early so you get a full preseason through that spine, that would be an ideal situation. Do you think we need... So, here's mine. Um, the the situation with our injuries this season has been, you know, Paul Sturrock levels of injuries. Maybe not that bad. Um, that was a dark time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think we need to do something differently with our, you know, the... the the physiotherapy, like I, I, you know, I don't know how they're working, but we seem to add a lot of injuries, and I think we there often seems to be an ad pop up. The club's looking for a physiotherapist. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's something there that that's holding us back, especially with a small squad. It seems that we've, you know, we we end up with a lot of players on the injury table. Um, well, we're told they're on the injury table there's something there yeah. I think and an accountant we need an accountant as well don't we keep advertising for that too so <laughs> anyway. yeah while we're doing while we're doing the club's admin for it <laughs> I tell you one thing that nobody's mentioned that we definitely 100% need next season more money support us back in the ground well, there yeah, you that's go. a big one that's a big thing I think mm. that is a big thing that we that, 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 that we do need so there you go. We've named five or six things there, haven't we, that we want next, that we need next season. If we get all of them, I think, yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> Sorted. The other Back thing on. is, that, uh, and that easy. we need all the other clubs to not do the same as us as well. Yeah. So if they, <laughs> if they can, you know, if they can not have these ideas, uh, don't, yeah. don't tell them. Then, yeah, we should be well and truly ahead of everyone else and run away with it. Um, and if anyone, if anyone from any other club is listening, Reese Murphy yeah. is actually rubbish. Uh, yeah, he's terrible. So don't, worry striker. don't worry about it. Go and get Danawa from Solihull. It's fine. <laughs> the lad Danawa. <laughs> <laughs> a very bad striker. Um, Clevo has hit us with a question. Should we be concerned at the manner of yesterday's defeat? Four of the goals came from set pieces and a fifth from our own corner. In normal circumstances, I would be. But for me, it's just about getting through the rest of the season as best we can. We have sort of touched on that. I'd say I don't think we disagree. He's answered his own question there, hasn't he, Clevo? (laughs) Come on, Clevo, give us a chance. He has said, what what are your thoughts? We've we've given you our thoughts. You'll know our thoughts by now. Um, But, yeah, Ben's happy to lose 5-1 as long as it's all set pieces and can be fixed the next time (laughs) round. Out of context, lovers cat. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, right, that's Twitter. I got to click. I didn't have any on Instagram. Ben, did you find any on Facebook? Um, I did. I don't particularly like it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it anyway, so okay. we can talk about it. Yeah. 
because um, it's, 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 a, it's a question that has been asked, and that's, that's fine. Harry Turner, how much longer can the manager stay? Surely the fans have to turn on the management and owners, just like they did to Hayward, Fry, Johnson and Way. Uh, supporters don't have to do anything, by the way. Um, that's, that's, that's the wrong word. How long can the manager stay? As long as he down well wants, is my answer to that one. Simple as that. It's a subject that we've touched on a couple of times. Two, two ridiculous pre-seasons he's had. One where he had about 10 minutes to sort a squad out and one where he didn't know whether we were going to kick a football or not. Um, at the very least, at the very, very, very least, Darren Sale deserves a one solid, proper pre-season. Minimum. And that is a bare, basic minimum. Um, yeah. The, his leadership through a tumultuous time off the pitch has been admirable than many a leader that I've seen in any sport of any horrific times that I've seen. And I've seen a few. I um, was talking to someone at work and I tried to explain the leadership and I uh, used the example of, do you remember when the cricketer, Aussie cricketer, Philip Hughes died? On the pitch, he took a bouncer and it hit him on the head and uh, he passed away shortly after. I don't remember that, but that sounds terrible as well. It was it, horrific, horrific, horrific. And the young bowler, uh, the Aussie the Aussie test captain stood at his at the at Philip Hughes's um, wake and said, "I'll be the first person to pad up in front of that bowler. Mm. When that bowler's ready, I'm going right in there. I will pad up. I will get my helmet on, and you'll bowl bounces at me." And I kind of that's moments of leadership and adversity that I keep coming back to. And Darren Sahl's shown those same attributes during this past few weeks. The minimum he deserves, minimum he deserves, is next season in its entirety. Before any of the off-the-field stuff, before any of that, this season was always going to be crazy. It was always going to be a freebie. I said that when I was lucky enough to be at CoComs right at the start of the season at, at Halifax or wherever it was. This is an absolute freebie. Don't go bust. Don't go down. And cr and crack on next season. I, I cannot. I cannot. And I will not. I will not have anyone questioning manager's position right now. It's it's it's, it's virgin on inappropriate, and I'm not having it. I'm just. I don't. I don't want it. Um, if you want to have a go at an owner. For the off-the-field stuff, there are ways and means to do that. I assume people who want who want change are parts of trusts, are parts of supported groups and stuff, and those things can happen in time. There are processes that are currently in place that will see things alter off the pitch. I don't know what they are. Ian, you may do as a, as a trust member, but those, those processes take time and have to go through proper channels. So that's fine. I don't mind if you want to have a go at an owner. I don't mind if you want to be upset with an owner, as long as you do it through the proper channels. But no, I'm, I'm not going to have anyone questioning Darren Sol's position. No chance. Can I just question the question that we've been asked here as well? Because am I right in saying that the question is turned on, turn on the manager and the owner as they did with Darren Way and John Fry and Norman Haywood? Is that right? That's the question? As they did to Haywood slash Fry, Johnson and Way. Right. OK. So Darren Way, let, 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 let's put this one out there. Uh Appointed interim manager, you'll guess I've researched this before uh, before coming on, December 2015, and then got a permanent contract for three years, I think I'm right in saying, on the 31st of December 20, 2015. Spent three seasons where we finished 19th, 20th and 19th, and I'll say this as a, somebody who watched a lot of that those seasons, as a, we stayed up as a result of there being some terrible teams in that division. Um, first season, Dagenham and York. Second season, Hartlepool and Orient. Uh, third season, Barnet and Chesterfield. We stayed up because those teams were so bad. 
we were awful. We were terrible. And there were people out there who put banners up on the turf saying the Yeovil special <laughs> one. I mean, come on. How can anyone with a straight face do that and then come and criticise a, a manager who, as Ben quite rightly says, forget that. I, I forget the Lee Collins stuff. The um, But you, you're absolutely spot on with what you say about it, Ben. The He's had a season where he had two, three players that went when he first came in and five minutes to, to get them all together, got us into the playoffs in a, in a decent division then. You know, Harrogate and, and Barrow, two excellent sides last season. This season, like you say, a basket case, then that's why we, we'll all be glad uh, we're glad when it's over. So, yeah, and, and the other thing is, I'd say, you know, even if you take away all of those reasons that I've just given you there, what's your alternative? What's your alternative? I've seen people on social media and those people know who I'm talking about because I've said it to them before uh, in, in privately and personally. I've spoken to people about it. You get rid of a manager. You, you've got we've got a manager at the moment. that has got a team there that a lot of players and I know we're talking about players could drift away in the summer. But a lot of those players he's he's signed and he's kept. So what you get rid of the manager, you have to pay him off for a year. Where's the money come from for that? Then you have to bring in a whole new squad, build that all together again, give it uh, give it two years until it starts ticking again. And then what? We've got people saying, oh, well, why don't people turn on people like that, like Darren Wade? Tell you what, if we'd have turned on Darren Wade sooner, maybe we wouldn't have been in this problem. But there were people out there who have agendas, who wanted to keep him as manager when he should have gone. Uh, and now he... Absolutely. First season when he kept us up, he, he, he was fantastic um, to keep us up that season because that team that Paul Sturrock had put together should have gone down and would have gone down if it weren't for the fact that I think it was Dagenham and York that season were, 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 were awful. But he stayed too long. So I'm not having anybody say that nobody stopped by Darren Way. We gave him a two year contract when we've got knocked out of the FA Cup. Four days before, by that he stopped Port County, who were a National League North side. I'm not saying nobody had any loyalty to Darren Way. I'm not having that at all. And Norman Hayward and John Fry, as Ben quite rightly points out, I'm very old and I've supported this club for a long time. Norman Hayward and John Fry have been there around for probably 90% of my time supporting the club. So again, I'm not having that John Fry and Norman Hayward didn't have the support the support supporters and John Fry and Norman Hayward took us through some amazingly good times. Um, so I would absolutely uh, give them credit for the, the amazingly good times we did. I'd also, by the way, give Darren Way credit for when he was a coach in that coaching setup that they, they, they did that. So I'm all for giving these people credit for the, the great things that they, they did for the club, but I'm absolutely not having uh, nobody stopped by Darren Way and nobody stopped by uh, Norman Hayward and John Fry. I'm not having that at all. And I thought I was going to go into footage. So I... <laughs> Boom. Well, I've got another question. Should we move on? Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to add to that that Norman Hayward and John Fry are the absolute reason that we are in the position we are off the field right now with a separate asset which belongs yeah. to the club, which is, you know, can be pilfered and... Um, taken away without any benefit to the football club, should someone wish to. Um, so although they did a lot of good, their legacy at the moment is yeah. looking like it could be, you know, 
the worst possible outcome for Yeovil Town Football Club. And that is I, I, of grave concern. I've got another question. Should we move on? Yeah. <laughs> London Green Dave on Twitter asks, uh, forget the bad games or the two-footed challenges we've just given out. What's the best games you've been to, dot, 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 that never gets mentioned? I'll start. Northwich Victoria Way in the trophy quarterfinal, <laughs> the year we won it. Cracking game with a decent, feisty atmosphere. Dave Coach, you've seen more than most because you're ancient. Uh, what's your favourite game that no one talks about? Well, this is better. I'd have to go back to being ancient, but I would go back to uh, the, the ISIS League season when we got um, promoted and we beat Sutton United at Gander Green Lane 3 0, and we absolutely well, we blew them away. The, the, the Patmore Forrington uh, partnership was, uh, was in full flow at that point. It's probably one of the most comprehensive victories I've ever seen um, in my life, even though it was only 3 0. We, we were a million miles away, the um, the best team on the pitch. But probably not many people in the mists of time can remember that. I will say for our younger listeners, the ISIS League is not what you think it is. It's taken on a completely <laughs> different meaning these yeah. days. Oh, very, very... Don't brutal. Google it. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. You Especially will get on a trouble. work computer. Yeah. yeah, you will get somebody knocking on the door asking what's going on. Very different. Um, I've got a couple more recent, actually. I, I, I do mention it, but that Hartley pull away with Bonds and Gala was special. <laughs> it was absolutely special because there was 30 of us, 40 of us in the away end. And it felt like there was 4,000 of us. I love those sort of those. We went through that period of being in League One under Skivo, where we were always OK. We were always in the relegation chat. We were always the favourites to go down, but we never went down. <laughs> we just didn't do it. We stayed up. I remember we signed players that just kind of dragged and kicked us through. Paul Watton did it one year. Darren Ward did it one year, where we kind of just dragged ourselves kicking and screaming. And we had these sort of magical games moments away from home where there was just so few of us. That game being one, the Sheffield Wednesday 2 all with nine men is woefully, woefully underrated as one of the greatest days I've ever had. At this cold. football club. It's very cold. Oh, it's freezing. Paul Huntington sticking a header in at the last minute and Rita Johnson scoring a penalty. They're missing a penalty. Stephen Henderson made about 400 saves in the last few moments. We ended up with a back five. Andy Williams was right back. Andy Welsh was left back. We had a we had a, just an absolute hodgepodge. Trevor Kettle was the referee trying to do everything he possibly could to have us lose that game. Oh, absolutely horrendous on every single facet against us. And Yeovil Town went through that phase of just saying, do you know what? Stuff you. It's us against the world. And we had that period of those games where no one gives you a chance. No one gives you a hope. And I'm sure there are, there are a group, there's a core group of away fans. And Elliot's probably one of them. Um, Craig McCann, who did that core group, that core few years, who could rattle off just away day after away day, where it was just this incredible atmosphere. And we scrape away wins in the back arse end of nowhere. And yeah, those are, the, those, are the, uh, those are the magical moments for me that you just kind of, I was one of the 44 when Bonds and Gala stuck his head in. I love that. I absolutely love those. Nice. Um, mine yeah. is, I've got a nice, uh, it's, a, it's a personal one. I doubt anyone else will remember it at all. Um, it's the first FA Cup game I ever watched. Uh, it was Yeovil Town against West Auckland Town in November 1998. <laughs> and with 90 minutes on the clock, we were heading to defeat. 
It was 2-1 to West Auckland Town at Hewish Park with no roof on the, on the uh, Thatcher's end. Um, myself and my granddad, you know, this, is, this was our first season going together. He'd been going years, but the first season he took me, well, you know, we saw the clock. We're like, oh, let's go. There was a lot of cars around. This was the first and one of the last times we ever did it until Darren Way was the Overtown manager. Uh, so we, we upped and left. And as we made our way back to the car, um, across the car park, all of a sudden we heard a roar from Hewish Park uh, with a 90-plus whatever-minute equaliser from Al James Hannigan, who was my favourite player at the time. And unfortunately, we missed it. So we waited until it was on telly. Um, that, that is a game that sticks in my head. And then I think in the in the replay, I think Tony Pennock scored the winning penalty. On like a... I went to that replay Did at you? West Auckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we drew yeah. one all. And and uh, I think it was Hannigan got the winning penalty in that one, actually. But oh, I think okay. you're right. Pennock, Pennock did take one. Yeah. But we, we uh, the supporters who were there, I remember there was like a little fence in front of us. And when he scored, we all pushed forward and the fence collapsed. And I ended up <laughs> face down in some mud in the northeast of England somewhere on a cold November evening. Yeah, yeah magical days. Very cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, days. that's my one. So I don't know if anyone, if any other listeners have a memory of that, you know, that game. maybe they were still in the ground when we scored the equaliser. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I think that was the day that we were like, right, we're never leaving early again. Um, <laughs> you live and you learn, don't you? And then, yeah. And, then, and then, you know, when you sat 4-0 down at home with... <laughs> No, we barely had a shot on target all game, and it's you know eighty-five minutes. You think we'll call this one, I think, but that was you know that was a different time. <laughs> That's nice. Thanks, London Green Dave. I enjoyed that. Me too. So, other Glovers Cast listeners, best games that never get mentioned, please. I like that. That's lovely. Can I just make a point where I can fit? We, we can kind of finish where we started. Yeah. On uh, on, on sources that go on burgers and um hot and uh, bacon rolls yeah okay so that game that ben talks about a hartlepool uh the bonds and gala game i remember i'm pretty sure it was that one elliot watts who's uh, i know a big listener of this uh, of this podcast he doesn't had, remember the game <laughs> it, 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 well, exactly he had had an awful lot of spirits on his drive up uh not his drive up i hope he wasn't driving anyway yeah and i and i do remember him shambling across the terraces with a plate of chips yeah with a great big pile of of tomato ketchup on top of it yeah and i remember because he wouldn't have even known you could have taken him away from him and he carried on walking with him yeah i remember nicking one of his chips dipping it in the tomato ketchup he had there and eating it and it was the worst tomato ketchup the horrible like vinegar it was it was terrible <laughs> yeah so i would say if it would that if it wasn't heinz uh, tomato ketchup i wouldn't have it on 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 a bacon sandwich I'd, I'd have to look for some kind of alternative could be brown sauce i would say but yeah so i think the quality of ketchup has to be taken into account here as well but now we're going to go into yeah let's leave it about marmite cheese aren't we yeah, yeah we i think we'll stop there because otherwise <laughs> ben will you know we don't want to get ben this riled up on a sunday morning no to be fair the one thing hartley pulled away does always bring me back to is that morrison's chicken counter <laughs> yes the morrisons yes. next door oh, we always used to go to the morrisons for some chicken for some hot chicken a bit of mayo yeah Happy good times days. good times oh to be back in a football ground well yeah soon enough yeah. soon yeah. enough um cheers gents thank you very much for your time this morning 
we will be back later this week. Coach, do you think you can stay up on Thursday? I'll put some matchsticks in my eyes, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. There we go. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. 